Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined as always by the whale capper, Drew Dinsick. We are all soccer today. No NBA, no NFL, just World Cup, which starts later this week. Uh, we're very excited to welcome in a special guest, Eric Alvarez, uh, who's going to help us uh, break down some optimism, reasons for optimism with Team USA in Qatar. Also handicap some of the favorites, Brazil, Argentina, France, England, Funnily enough, producer Adam did not include Australia uh, in the rundown. Uh, I thought we were going to do a full segment on the Australians and their chances of, of getting out of the group, but apparently the Socceroos. not. The Socceroos. Yeah, we're uh, not quite the team of uh, Harry Kuehl and Mark Paducah, uh that we were back in 2002, 2006, but so be it. Uh, let's bring in Eric. And uh, Eric, great to have you here. Good to see you kitted up as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's get straight into it. Let's talk about Team USA. What should we know about Team USA? Uh, and do you like their chances of getting out of the group? They're plus 550 and obviously have to contend with England. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. First of all, what do you mean just soccer today? We get to talk about soccer today. This is awesome. Finally. Right. Yeah, I'm well, all in. I'm all in soccer. Guys, this should be a soccer show 100% of the time. It was up to me. This is huge. This is huge. Okay, so like uh, Team USA, okay? I like their chances of getting out of the group, not so much winning the group, okay? So they have one of the youngest. I think it's the youngest team in the tournament. But in my opinion, that's kind of a double-edged sword, okay? Because they don't have the experience. They haven't been there before which could be, you know, seen as a bad thing. I personally see it as a good thing. All right. These are, these are young players. A lot of these guys were in middle school, right? The last time the U S was in the world cup. So they don't have the pressure of an entire nation resting on their shoulders. They're just going to get out there and, and do what they do, what they've been doing their whole lives. Um, personally, they have, a, they have a shot of getting out. Uh, they're going to have to get through England though. Okay. Guy, guys, number five in the entire world. Uh, all of these guys are just studs on all of their clubs. Uh, and then they're going to have to get through Wales as well. Now, Wales uh, in and of itself is not a world power, okay? But they have Gareth Bale, one of the best players in the entire world. He's capable of scoring two, three goals just on his own. Um, so I, I think they're going to get a win against Iran. But yeah, honestly, I, I was at the game in 98 uh, when the U.S. played Iran. And I didn't think they were going to lose that game. And they did. <laughs> so, and, so anything can happen. I, I think they have a good chance, though, of getting out of the group. 
I like the way that you framed um, sort of the overall vibe around the team because it, it reminds me a lot of like, you know, particularly uh, other international sports like tennis. You have a, a young tennis player who bursts onto the scene. It's like they don't really know that it's supposed to be hard. They don't know that they're supposed to be under pressure. So the playing without uh, pressure does tend to bring out some of the best performances, particularly against potentially an England team, which is still looking to be kind of dealing with some of the repercussions of losing that uh, Euro final last year they have not they have been wildly out of form uh obviously all of those players kind of involved in premier league which is a grind in and of itself so um i'm looking at this group b as pretty flat uh i think iran may be a little bit underrated but considering what's going on with that squad and just their ability to practice and find some cohesion with everything that's going on uh in their country i I do think that the usa if they can win a coin flip against wales in their first head-to-head here this is a team that can emerge from the group am i being a little bit too optimistic that they can get out of the group and you know you know at at what point does the pressure start to set in for a young team like this in the knockout round can they pull you know pull off the impossible and beat uh, a team like uh, the netherlands let's say they come qualify second uh, and face uh, the group a winner what do you think so this is where it gets super super interesting and this is why we all love the world cup okay so let's say they do manage to get out of the group which we're hoping that they do okay so they're gonna end up facing probably the Netherlands if they qualify second place at a group B. Now the Netherlands is another favorite to go really far in this tournament. If they, if they end up drawing the Netherlands in the second round, it's going to be extremely, extremely hard, especially let's say they get uh, a tie against England and manage to like struggle, eke out a win against Wales. Okay. It's really hard for me to imagine that they're going to go from struggling in this group to immediately turning it around and beating the Netherlands. I mean, that seems like a hard kind of a turnaround in a matter of days, okay? But if they end up drawing Senegal, okay? Senegal and Netherlands likely gonna get out of Group A. Senegal is in and of itself, again, the the team is not a world power, but they have the number two player in the entire world, okay? His name is Sadio Mane, and he's uh, done great things for Liverpool, his new uh, club in Germany as well. He's been instrumental for that country, but here's the thing that everyone who's watching needs to keep an eye on. He has a slight injury and he's expected to miss a couple of games, okay? So if Mane is in the roster and they end up drawing the U.S., the USA is going to have a really tough time containing the number two player in the entire world. If he's still injured and Mane is not in the roster, that is when the U.S. can capitalize. They can make it all the way to the quarterfinals. Wow, I like it. Yeah, I think with the U.S., it's all going to come down to that game against Wales, who I think Wales on paper, the names look perhaps a little bit better than their current reality, where Gareth Bale, who everyone thinks of as the guy who wins Champions League finals, uh, as the guy who destroys Mykon in uh, in Champions League ties as well 10 years ago. But, I mean, Gareth Bale, who, yes, had that incredible goal uh, for LAFC to send it to penalties in the MLS Cup final against Philadelphia, he also, I can't remember the last time that guy's played 90 minutes and uh, he's going to have to play 90 minutes in these uh, in these games. And also Aaron Ramsey, uh, who as an Arsenal fan, I have complicated feelings about. He's not the guy that he used to be either uh, after a pretty rough stint at Juventus. So I think if the USA, if they can win that game against Wales and I think they're in the box seat to get out of the group, which is now they're minus 105. So basically a coin flip to get out of the group. But the concerns I would have is that Losing Miles Robinson out of defense, that hurts. Having Jesus Ferreira as your striker, which uh, in a group with 
Harry Kane uh, as another striker uh, is, I think, is a questionable. Uh, yeah, it's not an area of strength, but certainly with their youth, with Christian Pulisic, which the talent that they have, I think that they should be able to get out of the group. It's just that game against Wales is going to be key. All right, let's talk some World Cup favourites. But first, download okay. the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favouriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is back. Get ready for Wayday. For three days only, May 4th through May 6th, you can get up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. Plus, everything ships free. Don't miss the sale to get up to 80% off everything home, even a garden gnome. Wayday starts May 4th. Head to Wayfair.com now to start filling your car. Wayfair, every style, every home. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets... First five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER. 
gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope NY467369 in New York. All right, let's talk about some World Cup favorites. Let's start at the top. With Brazil, who are the favourites, as they often are, a lot of pressure after a pretty underwhelming 2018 performance, and we know what happened in 2014 with that famous 7-1 against Germany. Uh, Eric, do you think that Brazil should be the favourites for this tournament? Yeah, I, I think uh, they should be the favourites. Um, it, it's just, it's kind of hard to not, you know, go for Brazil each and every time. Uh, what happens is we end up looking back and saying like, oh, well, they didn't do that well because they didn't, you know, make it to the semifinals or the finals. Uh, but the, the, this country, this nation has had a steady stream of superstars. Even if you don't know their names, this is how their names become household names is, you know, people watch the World Cup. There's this young kid uh, from, you know, Brazil who's playing in Brazil still that you might not have heard of. Uh, you're going to you're going to know his name by the end of this tournament. So just it, it's just kind of really hard to, to count them out for making it at least into the semifinals. OK, that's fair. Um, and I guess it's this is probably the fifth or sixth consecutive World Cup where Brazil is going off as the favorite. Um, and we haven't won in 20 years. Uh, I don't know that they really feel a lot of pressure in that, you know, with, you know, even though they are always the best because they, um, they win all of their games outside of World Cup competition anyway. But um, Argentina sitting at 550 is interesting to me because I have very, very narrow distinction between those teams when I do my numbers. Argentina, obviously, uh, you know, just in general has some name brand power with the likes of uh, Leonardo Messi potentially in his final World Cup trying to finally bring home the hardware to Argentina, team that's coming off of uh, an impressive run in South America in the last year. Um, you know, Do you think that the gap between Brazil and Argentina is as, as wide as the, uh, the market makes it right now, or is this a coin flip between these two? Um, honestly, I, I feel like I, and again, you guys are the numbers guys. All right. I'm just, I, I go on what I see. I'm a fan. Uh, and I've been following this game for a long time. And there is just something about this storyline. Okay. The of Leo Messi, he's come close. He hasn't gotten it done. Um, I actually, uh, favor Argentina more so than, than I do Brazil just because of that, because Leo has got to something to prove. Right. And he's had this chip on his shoulder his entire life you know, having grown up under the shadow of Diego Maradona. What's interesting about Argentina is they don't have uh, a lot of those household names as well. But if you've watched them play, the way that they play is they have a good supporting cast, okay? And, and it frees up in the central midfield. Uh, it frees up Messi to do what he does best, which is create. And you've got the other uh, central midfielders that are basically cleaning up after him. They're winning back the balls and they're giving them to him and saying, hey, try not to worry as much. Uh, about doing too much, we're going to get you the ball, and then you do what you do. It's been really – they've been on a, on, a, on a really good run, and I think there are big things in store for Argentina. Yeah, the problem with Argentina is there's a good chance they're going to have to play Australia in the round of 16. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, Lionel Messi, does, Lionel Messi doesn't want any part of that matchup against Australia. But I'm with you. I think that certainly – just the catharsis of Messi winning the Copa America and getting that big trophy on his resume. I think that yeah. that uh, certainly gives a good vibe to this team. I think that, you know, they're very strong in defense. Their midfield now, particularly with DePaul and Paredes, is, I think, more cohesive than it's been previously. I think as well in past years, it was... Uh, you know, give the ball to Messi and uh, watch watch him go to work and then let's hope that he does something. I think now with 
Lautaro Martinez up front uh, in the form that he's been in, uh, you know, in the past couple of years taking Inter to the Serie A title. So I think that there is a lot there. I would still probably give Brazil the slight edge just because of just the sheer depth of talent. I mean, I think like Vinicius Jr. is on Brazil. Like no one talks about Vinicius Jr. He scored the winning goal in a Champions League final and he was maybe the second best player in La Liga behind his teammate Karim Benzema. And uh, that's a nice segue into Karim Benzema and France who are the defending champions. Uh, They're not the favorites in the tournament. They're behind uh, Brazil and Argentina. Do you think that's right, Eric? Do you think that uh, they sh- they shouldn't be in that top two, or uh, are there enough question marks, particularly with these injuries to Paul Pogba and Engolo Kante, who are not going to feature, uh, that they are kind of the top of tier two? So, so again, uh, just as far as the numbers go, it's kind of hard for me to say it. I don't follow the numbers as closely as you guys, but I I think France. Um, for me, it's going to be a toss up between Argentina and France. All right, their their attack is just out of this world. Uh, you mentioned Benzema uh, won the Ballon d'Or. He's the best player in the world, uh, you know, voted into that role. You've got Kylian Mbappe. You've got Giroud all in the attack. So from an attacking standpoint, they have skill, they have strength, they have speed. And all of these teams have those things. But we're talking about at an elite level, even among the world's best players, these guys stand out. They're going to score a lot of goals. So every team that they face is going to have to figure out a way to either park the bus in front of the goal and just hope for the best, or they're just going to have to go all out on the counterattack. And that is a very dangerous place to be when you're facing off against the best player in the world and arguably some of the, the rest of the top 10 in the world. It's going to be tough. Yeah. That makes total sense. Uh, and I think uh, the injury bug biting France, particularly in the midfield, uh, could rear its head and kind of keep them from reaching their potential. Uh do you put any stock in sort of the uh, the World Cup uh, reigning champ curse? It's oh, been a long man. It, 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 the just and just for context, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, the the champion has not made it out of group like four or five World Cups in a row, which is seems impossible. But uh, it's it, maybe that's just the pressure, or uh, you know, just the, you know the, the the ball has to bounce your way to win in the first place. But uh, it's been a long time since we saw anyone really kind of put up a meaningful title defense. You know, it's really interesting you said that. I hadn't considered that, honestly, until just now. Um, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot about the World Cup that is just, like, inexplicable somehow. You know, it's almost like uh, like March Madness. You don't know what's going to happen. But I would find it really hard to believe that France uh, would not at least make it into the knockout stage. That seems, like, uh, very, very unlikely. But unlikely things happen all the time. I think with France, I mean, I think back to 2002, the last time they were defending world champs coming off winning in France in 98. And then I think they what, did they lose 1-0 or draw to Senegal in the first game and then didn't get out of the group from there. So uh, they don't definitely have some precedent. And I think that the concern with France would be, one, Pogba and Kante being out is a killer. And now their midfield duo is Shuamani and Rabio, who haven't really ever played together, which isn't ideal. Uh, and then also, I think people forget, like, Karim Benzema wasn't in the team in 2018. He wasn't a part of that. They need to establish new chemistry with him. I think that Karim Benzema is 17 tiers above Olivier Giroud as a player, clearly. But I think that Giroud maybe uh, I can't say he's better for the team than Benzema, but I think structurally there was something there with Giroud playing there, Mbappe and Griezmann playing off of him. Now there's a lot of mouths to feed, but still you'd think that the talent will win out. 
Uh, let's jump to England, France's fierce rivals as always. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of pressure on them to win the World Cup. As Drew said, they're coming off that uh, gut-wrenching loss in the final of the Euros against Italy. Uh, do you think they're a chance, Eric, to win uh, their first World Cup since 1966? Uh, there, there's always a chance with England, but there's an even bigger chance that they're going to find a way to break all of their fans' hearts the way they always do. Now, here, here's where <laughs> I, I, I didn't put a lot of stock when you asked me about the, uh, the defending champion curse, but for some reason I do put a lot of stock in just the, the England heartbreak curse because it's just it just happens every single time you know and it's it's so funny it's like every four years uh the entire nation says okay this is our year but look we have all of these guys that play in the epl of course of course we're gonna win and then it just doesn't happen they got a lot of talent uh but they also have kind of the opposite of the united states the players on the u.s don't have that pressure because they haven't been there before the players for england are you know People all over the world watch the EPL. They have extremely high expectations and that kind of pressure. I think uh, they're going to get through the group stages. I think they're going to struggle uh, probably in the quarterfinals. Yeah, there's a lot to not like about England among like sort of the, the team among the teams that are expected to be title contending. You look at the, the way that they performed since Euro. It has been bad. A home and away loss to Hungary. Uh, you know, just a lot of pressure on Southgate in general about his, you know, what he wants to do with the team in terms of style of play. Uh, his, you know, just just in general seems to have a lot of um, uh, loyalty to some guys who may be over the hill and aren't exactly deserving the uh, the time and the shine that they're getting right now. So um, I can see if you know, again, this is wild, but a, a lot of sort of the round one of play, like if they're unimpressive in what should be a, a decisive win against Iran. Like if that's even even if that's a draw and they get a point out of it, like, you know, just the, you know, the media at home kind of turning up the heat on Southgate is going to be almost a guarantee. Um, how about any other kind of general teams that you think are a little bit overrated, you know, teams that people would expect to see in sort of the quarterfinal semifinals that you think may not uh, uh, may not materialize? Yeah, uh, just for me, it's 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 Belgium. OK, and, and a similar sort of a situation they uh, for generations were just kind of this average, you know, maybe they qualify, but they don't really do all that well in the tournaments uh, that make a big run. And uh, I think a lot of that comes down to pressure. I think they're ranked uh, seconds. Um, sorry, the, the ranking escapes me, but they're ranked really, really high. Uh, so this country is, is a small country. It's, it's situated right in the middle of soccer uh, greatness in Central Europe. Okay. And so they finally reached this point where like, hey, we're, we're kind of the favorites. What are we going to do with it? So similar to England, they have a ton of talent, extremely high expectations because this in theory should be their year. It should be their tournament. And just for, for some reason, this is really more of a gut thing than anything else. Uh, I feel like one of the teams that's going to underperform and there's always one, there's always several actually, is, is going to be Belgium. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you there, Eric. And you are right. They are number two in the FIFA World Rankings at the moment, Belgium. And I just think that you look at the names on paper and like, Eden Hazard, Romelu Lukaku, like those guys aren't nearly what they were, you know, three, four years ago. And now the team is largely like it, it's Thibaut Courtois, who's maybe the best goalkeeper in the world, at least in the top five, certainly. Then it's Kevin De Bruyne, who is, is arguably the best player in the world, certainly in that discussion. But outside of those two, you're counting on fitness from Hazard and form from Lukaku. They've both been banged up. And then also like their defense. Uh, names like uh, Jan Vertonghen and, and Toby Alderweireld, yeah, they look 
like good names and people think of the glory days of Tottenham with those two. Like those guys are a lot older now. They're playing in the Belgian <laughs> League. Like they're not playing in the Premier League fighting for Champions League spots anymore. So I'm with you on the Belgium skepticism and their odds have, have really uh, have drifted a ton. It looks like we have a quick comment on England from a viewer. Uh-oh. England is that kid. <laughs> England is that kid that comes in third in a regional spelling bee and thinks they're a genius. Wow. Yeah. Really yeah. kind of lighting in to the three lines. <laughs> I like it. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I do not believe in Gareth Southgate. And uh, as someone who bet on England to win the Euros, I was not happy with how Gareth Southgate managed that final against Italy. Uh, he really seemed like he just crawled into a ball and just hoped for the best in that second half. But Eric, let's close out by uh, getting a prediction from you on who faces off in the final and uh, who ultimately uh... wins the World Cup. Oh, gosh. Uh, I need to check the, the tree because now that you ask, I'm kind of forgetting. Like, are they going to sure. face each other beforehand? I know. Uh, that's always yeah. a good thing. Oh, Actually, yeah. I'll, who's, I'll, who's I'll, set, I'll, set, I'll set this yeah. up a little bit for you then. Okay. Uh, we've talked about it on the show so far. The teams that are like bona fide, believe in them, like they're scary. They're going to be there at the end. They're all going to fall in the top half because they're going to win their groups. That's Argentina is going to be on the top. Brazil is going to be on the top. Netherlands is going to be on the top. Uh, and then whoever wins between Spain and Germany is going to be up there. Um, so okay. that is going to be an absolute dogfight. Only one of those teams emerges to the final. And then I really think that opens the door for a dark horse to come out of the bottom um, mm-hmm. because that's where all your weaker favorites are. England's down there. France is down there. Belgium is down there. And then whoever wins between uh, Uruguay and Portugal. So it's okay. uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit of a lopsided draw when we finally see it i think okay um so i guess uh with that in mind uh france is going to make it to the final uh did you say argentina is on the other side is that argentina and brazil are going to be on the top okay i think i think uh, it's going to be argentina france and there's so many moving parts i I didn't i didn't follow (laughs) the tree all the the way to the end uh so let's just say uh argentina france in the final uh i gotta pick argentina i think leo messi has that magic and there's never been a better time for him to you know cap that story with a world cup win very good drew who have you got winning i don't have a winner i have value for you (laughs) (laughs) i'm coming after uh in this market at these prices i'm coming after germany uh, I think Germany is underpriced. Uh, I like their youth. I like their coach. Uh, I think that's a, a nice squad. And I'm coming after Uruguay. I think Uruguay is a dark horse to win Group H. And as I mentioned, the bottom half of the draw, I think, is weak, is vulnerable. It, either you're going to have a lot of uh, vulnerable winners you know, out of the elite on the bottom that are, you know, you could knock out on your way, or you're going to have chaos, which is, you know, second and third bananas coming out of those groups uh, as winners. And you could just have a weak, just general bottom half. And so uh, Uruguay is a little bit of a slow starting team, which has me somewhat concerned, just kind of the way that their, you know, their group is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I'm hopeful that they can win group H. And if they do, then that sets them up for a, just an absolute beauty of a draw. Yep, I like that. I'm uh, I'm going to take Spain at plus 800. Uh, I know they're in a tough group with Germany, but I thought that they, they dominated that semifinal against Italy in the Euros. They should have been in the finals. They should have won the Euros. You got a lot of youth, a lot of talent. I believe in Pedri and Gavi. And even if they don't win the group with Germany, then they probably play Belgium, uh, who are beatable in the round of 16. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm riding uh, with the Spaniards. Eric? Thank you for joining us. Before we let you go, can you tell us mm-hmm. more about your work with my new favorite footballista? 
Uh, I'm so glad you asked. I wasn't prepared for this question. We're actually, uh, it's, on, it's on behind me. Um, so thanks for asking. Yeah, so this is, uh, it's a bilingual podcast, my new favorite footballista uh, with LX News and a partnership with Telemundo. And so we also have the Spanish side, Mi Mundialista Favorito. And it's, uh, what I love about it, it's, we, we spent a lot of time and had a lot of fun talking about, uh, you know, the, what, what actually happens on the field and, and, the, and the tactics and players. What we do here on this podcast is we find players that have causes that are really, really important to them. And we explore uh, that. For example, Ferran Torres of Spain, his big cause is finding homes for stray dogs. Uh, and it's just really something that's really emotional. It's a really emotional podcast. Uh, we have players from Team USA that are fighting racism, that are becoming LGBTQ allies, talking about mental health, all of this sort of stuff that typically doesn't get talked about when we talk about, you know, sports and athletics and athletes. Uh, but they're people, too. And they have things that are that are important in their lives, their upbringings. Here you got Chris Richards over here. Uh, he's fighting racism in the world of soccer. So if that's something that interests you, you can find it wherever you find your podcast, guys. Yep, that's awesome, Eric. Appreciate that. Uh, make sure everyone downloads and subscribes to that podcast. You can follow Eric at Eric Alvarez TV on Twitter. I like the mention of Ferran Torres, who plays for the soon-to-be World Cup champions in Spain. <laughs> Very good. Eric, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right, Drew, before we go, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football and on the PGA Tour. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by getting the outcome between the Chargers and Chiefs in our Sunday Night 7 contest. All right, that was cool. Any closing soccer thoughts, Drew? We should talk more soccer on the show. There's a lot of edges I mean, to the count. Yeah. I got I got great news for you, Jay. World Cup starts on Sunday. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like uh, this is the biggest this is the biggest worldwide sporting event, biggest most liquid betting markets that we have every four years. So uh, let's talk soccer. Yeah, it's good. And also, like, look, as a general rule, liquidity equals lack of edge. Just because there's more being bet into a market, so it's harder to beat. At the same time, I'll go to my grave not understanding why France in the World Cup final. We're, only, we're minus 200 to lift the cup against Croatia when it just seemed all common reasoning said that should have been minus 400. Uh, and every smart person I spoke to was on board that the price was just completely wrong in the World <laughs> Cup final. So uh, I think there should be some opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I'll close out by giving uh, a bet that you should not make, and that is Australia to win their group at 20 to 1, <laughs> Group T. Don't bet on that. Um, France and Denmark are going to come out of that group. But uh, yeah. all right, let's wrap there. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Thanks to Eric Alvarez, Jay Croucher, and Drew Dinsick. Uh, you'll see us soon. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.